This is Daf Hashavua Chagiga Daf Chaf Aleph. The Gemara on Chaf Aleph is discussing one of the eleven cases mentioned in the Mishnah, where we say that there is a distinction between Truma and Hektish, and we see here more Machner by by Kodesh. So one of the examples the Mishnah has is if you're Tovel a Kli Kli, that there is a distinction between Truma and Hektish. So the Gemara says that why should one not be tova a kli besoch kli, says the Gemara, because kvedo shal kli chotitz. That since if you are putting one kli into another kli, one vessel into another vessel, the heaviness of the vessel will cause a chatzitza, and it will not completely surround the inner kli with the mikvah water. Again, this is talking about a case where you are being tovel akli for the purpose of purifying it, so there's no more no so there's no longer any tuma on the kli. We give us Pinchas or Pinchas Levi Harowitz, he wrote the Hafla, big rov in the 1700s, asked a very interesting question on the concept of this Gemara. He first brings in the Gemara and Sukkah, which speaks about a concept of min bimino inochotes. Min bimino inochotes comes up in a case. This probably happens to, to many of us. That you have uh, by a lulav, that you put in your aravos into the aravos and hadasim holder. And unfortunately, a lot of the aravos leaves get dried up and they kind of fall off the aravos. You, kind of, you see that by the end of Sukkot, that a lot of them have fallen off. So why is it not a chatzitza between your hand and the lula? That you have a lot of um, aravos leaves that are not on the stem, and they're not part of the mitzvah. So why is it not a chatzitza? So, um, the, the reason why it's not a problem is because min mino enochotitz. It's min mino, meaning the aravos leaves that are not on the stalk are the same type of leaf as the aravos that are on the stalk. So that would not be a problem, that would not be a chatzitza. This is something brought down by the Minchas Yitzchak, the Lincontra. So, Gavas Mordechai says, if that's true that there's a concept of, um, that there's a concept of, uh, of min bemino in a chutzit, so why don't we say the same over here? You have a kli kli, they're both considered vessels. So why is it that even though the kvido shakli is chutzit, that the heaviness is going to cause a chatzitza, so why is the same thing not true over here? They're both the same min. So why is there a problem? He explains that in the case of when you're being told a clean on the mikvah, very nice that in terms of the dina of chatzitza, there would be no issue. And really, um, we say min 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 but over here it's more than just about the concept of min 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 When you put something in the mikvah, you need all the water to touch the whole entire vessel. And if it's going to be kvedo shakli chotzeitz, then it doesn't really matter if it's not a chatzitza, because the water hasn't touched every single part of the kli. It's a very interesting point from the Gabas Pinchas um, on this concept of why kli was kli would still be a problem, even though it's not a problem in terms of chatzitza. Later on the Gemara, um, there's a mention of... The difference between truma and hektish in terms of whether you could be tovel it if there's a knot. So when it comes to co- so when it comes to truma, we say it's fine to be tovel with knots. 
But, however, when it comes to Kodesh, the, the Gemara says, mentioning the part of the Mishnah, that one should untie the knots, dry the clothing that you're, you're, you're being tovel, and then retie the, the, the clothing after. To quote the Gemara, Matir umagniv umatvil kosher. You should untie it, then again dry it, um, and then put it in the mikvah. So if you look closely at what the Gemara says, it says you should untie it and then dry it before you put it back in the mikvah. Meaning if it's wet, you should make sure to dry it. Comes out from this Gemara that when you're being told about something, you have to make sure, um, you have to make sure um, that it is not wet beforehand. So again, these, all these dapim are about Tumavatara, but a concept which is related to Tumavatara nowadays is Natilas Yedayim. Because again, just as a quick summary of Natilas Yedayim, Natilas Yedayim, the reason why we wash our hands nowadays, even though there's no concept of Tumavatara, is as, uh, as the Mishnah Buru points out, it's to really get us ready for the fact that we don't just, you know, when we're going to be Ochel Batahara, we have to be ready in terms of uh, being ready to wash our hands. So why do we only wash our hands when it comes to bread? So the Mishnah Buru points out, because that's considered the main staple of what we eat. So we say you should be Notel Yadayim when it comes to bread, even though there's no Din of Vitahara nowadays. And then since we are very close to Pesach, and when you're receiving this on Tuesday, it will be even closer to Pesach. Um, it is important to mention that, that it's very interesting that we have Orchats at the Seder, um, and even though we don't usually do um, washing our hands before we eat um, vegetables or fruit that we dip in water, you know, we're trying, the, the one of the messages behind Orchats is that we're, you know, trying to prepare ourselves, you know, we're on a whole other level, on the Leil Seder, so we wanted to do things that are even not considered necessary, but um, that's something to have in mind. You know, Orchatz is, reminds us of the holiness of the night, uh, washing our hands before uh, we do Dabar Shatipu with Mashka. So back to our topic. So, Tiyas Daim is really, again, it's based on Tumavatara. It's based on the concept of Tumavatara, even though there is no Tumavatara nowadays. So perhaps this would have the same rule, that when it comes to Tiyas Daim, one should make sure to dry their hands before before they go ahead and do Tiyasidai. So the Mishnah Bura and the Bar Alacha and Simon Kufsaqbez say that one would not need to dry their hands before starting the Tiyasidaim nowadays. And why? Because you know, when you're washing your Tiyasidaim with the Ravis, that's gonna be Matar. Any that is gonna be Matar, any water that's on your hands beforehand. So it's not really a problem. That's what the Mishra Bruce says. Um, Chazanish, however, is Machmir. And he says that when it comes to Natiyah Sidaim, yes, you are going, going ahead and washing with the Revius, but that Revius, again, the way it works out, a Revius is Matahir, Matahir um, the hand, and Matahir on the hand. But the Chazanish says it's only Matahir water that was on there beforehand for the sake of Natiyah Sidaim. Again, when we have. Two washings in Tiyas Adayim. We do it twice when it comes to washing for bread. We do it once, and then we do it a second time to get to be Metahar, and the water, which is now Tameh, because it touched a Tameh hand. The only reason that second Atila would work is because the first washing was a washing of Tiyas Adayim, of Ravis, you know, for the purpose of Tiyas Adayim. But if you have water in your hands, which was not Tafer Tiyas Adayim, and it's not going to, then the original first Natila is not going to have the same power as the second Natila does for the first, for the first Natila. Um, so he says, 
you must dry your hands before you start Netiyahu's Daim. Because, what, because what's going to happen is, you have water, water on your hands, which was not in your hands from Netiyahu's Daim, and, and you're never going to be able to purify that, because that water wasn't on your hand because of Netiyahu's Daim. So that's what the Chazanish says, and the Chazanish says that you should make sure to dry your hands before. And just to summarize, there, there are three different waters here. There's the water that was on your hands before, there's water that you, the first time you wash, and the second time you wash. The second time you wash is to solve the tummy water on your hands from the first washing. Sorry, from the second washing. And the second washing would be to get rid of the tumma of the first washing. Uh, not the first, uh, of, of the water that's on your hands, either from a washing, which we'll see later, from another time you wash your hands, or that was on your hands beforehand. So he says that that would only, so the reason why it should be a problem here is because the first water that's on your hand was not there because of the because of, of Hope that made it more clear. So he says you have to make sure to dry your hands. So what are two cases this, that this machlokas, Chazanish and Mishnah can come up? So the first one is when a person's washing Tehasadayim for bread after one goes to the bathroom. So when one goes to the bathroom, do you have to make sure to dry your hands completely um, before you go ahead and wash for bread? Again, what is considered wet enough that would be an issue on your hands? It's called Tofeas Amanasat Piach. It's wet to the extent that it can make something else, to, it can make something else considered uh, wet. So the chazanish would be machmer in this case. You have to dry your hands completely before the tehasidayim, and the mishabrua would say, no, that's not a problem, because he he's not bothered by water that's under hands before the tehasidayim. Again, the chazanish would say that if you are going to the, you're washing your hands after the bathroom, that washing of hands is not considered a netilasidayim type of washing hands. So I, I was wondering, but let's say a person after the bathroom takes a washing cup and washes their hands after the bathroom through the mode of a washing cup. Would that make a difference? Um, perhaps that would make a difference because the only reason why the chazanish was machmir is because it could only be metahir water that came on your hand through the Um So perhaps that wouldn't make a difference if one would do that. But at the end of the day, I think it's best just to dry your hands completely to try to be machmir like the chazanish. If not, if you didn't, I think you could rely on the mishabura. Another case, which is um, a very interesting one, which is mentioned later in this in in, uh, in Sif Gimel of Simon Kufsamaf Beis, is let's say a person's washing their hands and you know they make sure to you know the the the, the post can point out that you should wash your hands with, with a lot of water, and he realizes you know he washes the first time and he realizes that that that, that wasn't good enough. I, I didn't really get my whole hand there, so then he has to do it the time over again. So now what do you do? Do you have to dry your hands before you rewash your hands, you know, with, with, with more water completely covering your hand or not? So this is an interesting case here because your original washing was for the Tehasidayim. So would the Chazanus be machmer in this case too? Because you were, you were intending to do Tehasidayim, but you just didn't do enough. So the Chazanus says you see that you should still be machmer. You should still dry your hands. Because yes, you were intending to do Tehasidayim in the first Tehasidayim, that wasn't enough. But still, it wasn't a Tehas Daim that would work, that would have, has potential for an Tehas Daim, so one should dry, one should dry um, his or her hands before starting Tehas Daim. So just to summarize, uh, the second topic from the staff is that, is it between the Mishra and Chazanish about whether one should dry their hands or not before they start in Tehas Daim, because the original water wasn't there for the second Antila, the Mishra is Mekel, and the Chazanish is Machmir um, in this case. The third topic I would like to, like to discuss on the staff really comes from Amun Beis, Chavaf Amun Beis. 
the Gemara is going through why we need these two, two of the 11 cases, if they're both about Chatzitza. So what are the two cases? The first case, which you mentioned earlier, is the issue of um, being tovel clothing with a knot in it. So the Gemara says, so why do you need both of these cases? So the Gemara goes back and forth and says that if I just said the case of when, you, uh, of when you're tovel and knot, I would have thought that the water is going to tighten the knot. And then that would for sure be a Chatzitza. But by the case of a Kli Besoch Kli, which is also about Chatzitza, as we discussed earlier, you may have thought that that's not going to be as much of a Chatzitza, because the water causes the upper Kli to float, and then since the upper Kli is going to float, they're not going to stick together. Says the Gemara, Kamashwan, no. The reason why the mission needs to say both cases of Chatzitza is that even though you would have the Svar to say that the water is going to cause the Kli to float, we still say it is going to be a chatitza if you're tovel a kli kli, because of the reason we mentioned earlier of kveid kli chutzitz. The Svas Emes, in his, not his comments on the Chumash, the Svas Emes has comments on the Gemara as well. I've heard from some Meyerbeim that the Svas Emes comments on the Gemara very interestingly um, were, you know, shows his godless in terms of, you know, we know he he was a big Hasid Shereba, he was the second second Gerebi, the grandson of the Chedush Harim, and his Haros on the, on the Gemaras, a lot of them are Moed, are very, very, are really, really incredible, incredible Haros. He gave his Shirim, it wasn't like a, he prepared for Shirim, he gave a huge Shir to Zichiva. his Haros that he has in the Gemara are from his, his children, he gave a Shir after davening um, to his children and his Tamidim with his tefillin on for like 20 minutes after davening. It was like a horror shir. He gave like horror in the Gemara. And that's what we have. Um, the Svas Amos Svarim is really his compilation of, of the horrors he made after, after davening um, on the Gemara. So he points out over here something very, very interesting that we see from this Gemara. I'll read, in, I'll read his words. If you put the first Kli initially in the Mikvah, the Achach Ba Kli, and then only after the first cleat is in there, then you put a second cleat into the first cleat, which is already in the mikvah beforehand, then then that would not be an issue. Since the water is touching the second smaller cleat before, um, before the second cleat touches the first cleat. So just to explain, if you have two kalim that are, uh, one is inside the other one, if it's kli so kli, if you put them both in at once, that would be an issue, he says. But if you put it in the bigger kli first in the mikvah, and then you put in the second smaller kli only after that, that would not be an issue because of ka- the concept of kad mohamayim. Because since water touched the smaller kli before that, sec- before that smaller kli touched the second kli, so that's not going to be a chatiza because it's not a chatiza because there's a water in between the smaller and the bigger clay. So this is a very interesting concept, a concept of kadmo hamayim. Does this come up in any other place? That the concept of when you have water in between the the two things that could be touching each other and causing a chatiza, would that not be an issue? So this is a poskim used this concept of kadmo hamayim that just like over here it would work by according to the svas ms by klibas um, okli. Let's say a person is being tovel, again, not for Tum of Atar purposes, but someone is doing Tevilas Kalim in a mikvah. So, if someone is doing Tevilas Kalim in a mikvah, and they have a very, very big kli, which is very hard to let go of, because again, the, the, when you're tovel kli in a mikvah, uh, in the Kalim mikvah, you should, you should make sure to let the, the water touches everything. So that's why you either put it in a basket, 
Again, basket's not as much not an issue because there are holes in the basket, and that would not be a problem with klipas Um So you either put you 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 either put it in a basket, or um, or you make sure to like let go for a second and then catch it again. I, I, you know, I've uh, fortunately lost, and I've gotten my you know my shirt very wet from having to go to the bottom of the kale mikvah to have to gather the things I've dropped by accident. So let's say a person's scared of that concept of and dropping the kli. Um, when you have to let go quickly and then grab again, or it's a very heavy kli, and he doesn't want to, he can't let go. So what do you do? So the Taz points out that if you go ahead and before you do your tovel, the big kli in the mikvah, you wet your hands beforehand, then you can, then you would be able, you'd be able to make on and hold on to the kli the whole time because kad mahamayim, because the, there's no chatzitza of your hand touching the kli because. You have water on your hands beforehand. So if you have water on your hand beforehand, then there's not. Then since water touched your hands before, uh, before the hands touched the kli, that would be a constant of kavu hamayim, and that would not be a problem of chatzisa. Just to summarize all the three topics, we have the first case. Um, the, the first topic was tovel uh, kli besof kli. Why is that? Even though there's a concept of min demino in a chotzei, over here it's different. It, but when it comes to being tovel kli, the water needs to touch everything. So you can't apply the same concept. As we see when it comes to Aravos in um, in the Lulav or Adasim, um, the second case was whether you have to dry your hands before the hands die. My focus between the Mishnah and the Chazanish, and the third case was um, the concept of concept of about whether we could apply the concept of Kadmohamayim to the cases when you're when you can't let go. And the, and the Taz pointed out that you can just wet your hands beforehand, and then once you wet your hands, Kadmohamayim will uh, allow you to be and not be have to let go of the Kli.